0: Welcome to Becoming Referrable, the podcast that shows you how to become the kind of advisor people can't stop talking about. I'm Steve Worshing. On this episode, we talk about the importance of gathering client feedback uh, even now while things are in turmoil and the markets can be volatile. You know, during these times, it's easy to put aside projects like getting client feedback because you are busy following up with clients or because you're busy Taking care of some of their special needs, but we want to emphasize that it is more important than ever to be getting client feedback and guidance, even maybe even especially when there are times like these. Julie and I talk about what kinds of differences there are and what clients are worrying about and what kind of how that would affect your level of service. And we talk about the different kinds of needs that they have. We revisit our interview with Peter Atwater, who talks about how your communication with clients needs to change um, when things get a little wild and people start suffering a lack of confidence. We talk about the important difference between input and feedback and which one of those you should really be aiming for in times like these. We talk about what you need to be sensitive to and how to ask what kind of questions so that you don't come across as tone deaf. And Uh, come across as caring, even while you are asking for that kind of feedback. And at the end, we talk about what kinds of things you should do today in the way of client feedback, even during these crazy times. We hope that this episode has some uh, helpful tips and guidance for you. And so here is my conversation with Julie about why client feedback is more important than ever.
1: So, Steve, I always love these times when we get to talk, you know, just you I do I, too. the way we do. Exactly. Um, and it's, it's kind of an interesting time, I think, because our worlds, like so many others, have been turned upside down over the last few months. Um, and because we're both in the business of helping advisors to understand what their clients are thinking and gather feedback, um, I thought it would be an interesting time if we just hit pause right now and just asked, you know, is feedback something we should even be talking about right now? Is it relevant in the current environment? I'd love to get your take on that.
0: Yeah, well, I, I and I, I'm interested in hearing your perspective on it, too. You know, it's interesting because I think, you know, it, um, as, as all of these things lately have popped up, you know, the... the you know, advisors, I think a lot of advisors think about collecting client feedback as, you know, sort of a normal thing to do on a rate on a fairly regular basis, you know, during normal times, and these are not normal times. So, you know, I I, I suspect a lot of those projects have, have been put aside. But I think it's great for us to be talking about this now, because um, I think it's more important than ever to, to collect, you know, to, to collect client feedback, because uh, you know, we had, we're in a time when, when complacency is broken, you know, when we're, we're not, um, we may not ask the same kinds of things. We may not ask about, you know, how do you like the experience of working with us, but it's more important than ever to find out what's on people's minds. Because I think, you know, during times like this, clients have an increased need for contact. They have an increased need for assurance and, um, you know there there's um, the what the, what they expect from their advisor and their demands of service are probably changing and
1: you use the term complacency is broken what do you mean by that
0: well what i mean is that you know if if, if you're you know before all of this started you know back a few months ago mm-hmm. um, you know th- things things were a little bit more predictable and you know you could you could map out you know and, and the things that 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 clients would go through you know one one exp, you know one client's experience would be similar to another's because even though it was at a different time, it was the same kind of transition that you were ushering that you were guiding people through. And now everybody's expectations are a little bit different because we're all now dealing with you know the 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 uh, the pandemic and uh, and unrest and a volatile market and all kinds of things that that were not true before when things seemed a little bit more stable and a little more consistent.
1: So it's, it's kind of an interesting, um, I don't know, conundrum almost to say clients, we need to reach out to clients more than ever. But if I were to play the role of advisor, I imagine I'd be saying, because I've heard this, things like, but I don't have time, clients are busy, they're distracted. What do you think about all of that in the context of needing to, to speak to them in a different
0: way? Yeah, well, I think, you know, clients clients still have expectations and I think it's more important to to reach out and talk with them because those expectations have probably changed I'm thinking back to the the interview that we had on the on the podcast of Peter Atwater um, and talking about being in the state of underconfidence and that um, you know that it narrows your cognitive capabilities and that you know, that, that you need to change your messaging when that happens, that people are less, you know, when things, you know, right, as, as you and I talked today, Julie, you know, things are a little bit more calm, you know, relatively calm, but, you know, that's going to be going up and down over time. And um, when things get more stressful, you know, pe- people's cognitive uh, viewpoint narrows a little bit. And so they're less able to process more abstract thoughts. So where before you could say, Hey, look, envision your retirement and what, what kinds of things do you see coming? And, and what, what Atwater said was, you know, it, it needs to move to the here and me and now. And so what clients need to hear from us, you know, is, is changing in a qualitative way. And so I think it's even more important that we reach out to folks and, and at least, you know, in our experience and, you know, a lot of the advisors that you and I have spoken to on this podcast, you know, are, are, are People are not too busy to talk with us. In fact, they're really, they really—they really welcome the opportunity to talk with us.
1: Yeah, it's you know, and I—I I would say that um, our views on this have changed quite dramatically, even over the last few months. But, but one of the things that you, you raise, and I think, is a really important point here, is that during times of uncertainty. Um, so many advisors I talk to almost lean toward, well, I've got to get in front of my clients. I've got to reassure them. I've got to share my advice. I've got to. But, the, but there's a point when helping them actually hear that advice is more important. And I, and I think asking the right questions, understanding how clients are feeling um, becomes a critical part of helping them to hear the advice that you want to deliver. Yeah. Right. And yeah, yeah. asking those questions. And, you know, maybe it's easier to think about feedback uh, instead of it being all about, well, you know, me, how am I doing? How much do you like me so far? Uh, To really flip the switch and say effective feedback is about understanding how clients are doing. And I think that's an easier context to look at. Yeah,
0: exactly. And, and, you know, like you were just saying, you know, it – All all good advisors have this impulse to to want to reach out and reassure clients and those kinds of things. But the question is, what do they need to be reassured about and what do they want to hear about? And if we don't ask, then we might we might be saying stuff that the client just totally doesn't connect with. And but you've you've been working on something that that helps sort of measure some of that because you were saying that you were working on something about a confidence index. Can you tell tell me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, you know, it, there was a few things that really started to come together over the last little while as we went into this crisis. It became quite apparent to us, at least, that we needed to find a way to understand how clients were feeling, that that became the primary goal of this feedback process. And and then at the same time, we did our industry research and for me, the results were incredibly compelling around this idea of what we call self confidence. So it's really not so much confidence in what's happening out there, but do I feel secure? Do I feel in control? Do I have a clear plan? Am I confident? All of the things that I would argue advisors can actually impact in a, in a really positive way. And it, what was, and I won't get into a ton of detail, but I'm happy to put a link to the report in the show notes. What was really interesting to me is when we measured confidence and we created this index, um, the impact on the business was outstanding. I mean, the higher the level of confidence, the, you know, uh, we saw net promoter score increasing sometimes 50%. We saw satisfaction increasing, loyalty increasing, like really significant. And that, that caused us in a way to say, "Hmm, okay, Advisors need to understand where their clients are on these, yes. on yeah, these yeah. concepts and, and we need to help give them a way to, to measure that so that they can have better conversations with their yeah. clients.
0: Yeah, I, I you know, thinking back to the the atwater interview that we were talking mm-hmm. about, you know, it's like when 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 people's confidence level changes and we're we're talking about, you know, changing two or three levels on Maslow's hierarchy all at once. Right. Yep. And so yeah, the the questions have to change. And I I could see where, you know, what I could see the sense in what you're finding is that, you know, if you're if you speak about the right things to people that you can help increase that confidence and and that that has a huge effect on on how people feel about uh, about their relationship with their advisor and, and the work that they do um but let me ask you this um you know we we know that things have changed significantly uh over the past few months and, and I'm, we're all kind of tired of saying the word unprecedented but do you think um do you think that uh you know what what we 're what we're looking at reflects um, just something that's that's happening now like a, a, a an unusual point in time, or do you think that 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 things are 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 changing longer term
1: well I think they're I do think they're changing longer term you know we've talked a lot about leadership over the last couple of months, but that's not new right no, that's true advisors yeah. have always needed to be leaders sure. in and I would say that the the last few months has accelerated the need to connect to clients. Accelerated the need to have a mechanism to understand how they're feeling. And I know that we have uh, we've been looking at feedback and at experience and saying we you know we think some things are just going to change. I won't even say permanently because I've lost all sense of what permanent even means. <laughs> I would have said sure. something different to you in January, yeah, yeah. but. But I guess what it tells us is that client needs and expectations and and emotions are evolving and, and that we need a way to tap into that on an ongoing basis. Otherwise, we can just assume that everything's uh, going to be the same. And, uh, you know, one of the, in my mind, significant, but what may sound really subtle to, to someone else uh, is we changed some of the terminology that we're using. You know, we talk a lot about feedback and I think this really probably connects to your business as well, but feedback is, is more of a measurement of how I've done. Right. So how satisfied are you? What's the net promoter score? What, you know, value, all of that. But, Maybe the bigger need now and going forward is what we would think of as input. And an input isn't a measurement. It's an, a deeper understanding of client needs so that you can have different conversations, support them differently, provide different communications. That's a very different set of questions and a very different process than, I think, feedback. I mean, do you see that when you're doing advisory boards, do you make that differentiation as well?
0: <laughs> well, that we'll, we'll talk about that in a few minutes, but yeah. you know, the, the whole idea of having an advisory board has, has changed There's at that. least for now. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll get back to that. But I, but I think, but I think it's a really good point. I, even if we take something as superficial as um, how you meet with clients, because we've all sort of been forced to, uh, to do a lot more virtually and um you know, I, I, I think it's I, I think it's interesting, um, you know, about how that affects the kinds of questions that we ask, because before we might have asked, you know, how interested would you be or what would you think about having a relationship? You know how would how would what would you think about meeting virtually as opposed to in person and and you know at least for the baby boomers who are retiring it was overwhelmingly oh yeah well we might be able to do a virtual thing once in a while but it's never going to take the place of an in-person meeting and now of course that's the only way you can well up until recently it was the only way you could meet with your advisor Mm -hmm. and now that they've done it we're finding that you know, a lot of people are a lot more open to it than they used to be. You know, when now that they've done it once or twice, they say, "Oh, well, this is this isn't so bad. This is pretty good." And so it's, you know, even yeah, right, right up, right up in, in you know, alongside the word unprecedented. You know, we're we're hearing all about the new normal, yes. and you know, and 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 of course, I think the point that we're making is that the new norm, the, the, the normal is always changing. I mean, even that whole term, the new normal, didn't Bill Gross coin that like 10 or 15 years ago? <laughs> yeah, that's it's it's like, like, oh, it's, yeah, exactly. Right. So, um, so I think it's, so I think, uh, I think that it's, it's a really interesting point that you make about, you know, there's a difference between asking, how am I doing and asking, how should we do it? Um, yeah.
1: you know, you could argue that, uh, you know, it, it's not always a good idea to ask for feedback, you know, on, right. on in the third week of March or the you know, last <laughs> right. week of March. How are we doing? Yeah, right. How exactly. Yeah. yeah. It, but isn't it always a good idea to ask for input? I mean, how yeah. can that be a bad thing?
0: Well, um, that, well, that's it. You know, and, and so, you know, when, uh, during that, at the end of March, beginning of April, you know, we we obviously we were not asking about, you know, well, how satisfied are you with the relationship you have with your advisor, but, but we, you know, but, but we were out there saying, you know, what's on your mind? What's keeping you up yep. at night? What's the biggest concern you have? And that's input. That's not feedback. So exactly I think right. it's a really good point about yeah. you know, about being sophisticated in how you're asking stuff and you know especially because you know there is that risk of if if you if you don't pay attention to what's going on if you're not sensitive to what the clients are concerned about then when you do if you ask for feedback at a time when you should be asking for input you come across as tone deaf i mean you come across as really disengaged right yeah. and 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 not in touch with what's going on so you you for example right now you would not want to ask um, you know, what's, what's your relative satisfaction about the, um, you know, about the relationship that we have, but you know, you, you would want to ask about you, we've been interacting in a different way over the past couple of months. And what about that has been helpful to you? And what about that do you still struggle with? And, you know, getting that kind of input as opposed to feedback so that, you know, so you, you, you can let people know you're still in touch with what they're concerned about and get useful data that you can use to, Uh, to constantly adapt your client experience. Mm
1: -hmm. And I'd say it's, it's changed a lot. I mean, we, I I think we evolve weekly in our view. And look, there was a time I came out the hardest day of my life and said, don't gather feedback right now. And because I, I honestly considered it the wrong thing to do. And then it evolved more into, but here are some questions Mm -hmm. and and what's interesting now as we're sort of heading into the summer, um, I'd say the comfort level has increased dramatically in terms of, of not, the, I mean, still asking questions that are different, still acknowledging a difference, but even with saying, well, you know, how am I doing in meeting your needs? Because yeah. I think it's, it's, it, it is different now and, and we've got to keep our finger on that change.
0: Yeah, so I'm really interested. Can you tell tell us a little bit about so how, when when it comes to a client survey, mm-hmm. um, what what kinds of things um, you know are are good ideas to be putting on those now that that might be different from how we did it last year?
1: There's some you know there's some subtle changes and some not so subtle changes. Um, one of the really subtle changes I think is. To, and that maybe this is beyond feedback, but I think that the language that we use to position things has changed. You know, it it's, a bit. I think conversation's a little less formal, a little more open, a little more vulnerable. And I think that's making its way certainly into the way we communicate. So just positioning, it's not, you know, I've retained a firm to help me understand how you feel about the relationship. And it's more, I want to know, what you need and I want to help you know so there's there's some uh, some changes in in language um, I'd say the two areas though that have changed the most is certainly the kinds of questions that that we ask so um, again focusing on things like client confidence focusing on the things that will help to have a more engaging conversation with the client really understand where they're at and, and where they need support uh, I would say particularly now questions that really understand how the experience is going to evolve. Um, you know, we've had, like you said, we've had a chance to to look at web meetings now. So is that something that they foresee going forward? Are they more comfortable or in fact looking for more digital connection? Uh, we're asking more about social media because I think everybody's connecting differently now. Mm-hmm. So, so I think we want to get a really good handle not assume things are just going to go back to normal. The, way, normal, right. <clears throat> the uh, old normal, know, such yeah, as right. a, well, not the new normal. Um, uh, and and really try to say what's what's changed and what's going to change going forward. So that does impact a lot. Um, the other area I'd say is, I mean, this is part and parcel, but really going beyond. The financial. I mean, we saw in our research the importance of or the interest in non-financial topics and education and communication. So we're definitely recommending uh, assessing interest in learning about things that are more, you know, whether it's health and wellness or stress or second careers or, or what have you, but gathering uh, better information on what clients really need right now so that you can support them in a more meaningful way and, and and it turns out that the non-financial topics right now are really the, the, the most critical parts
0: yeah um, and so, so yeah. It's a, when, when you when you went when you put something on a survey about yeah. about client confidence i'm assuming that you can't just put a question on there you know how confident do you feel i'm, I'm yeah. assuming that there, there's you know is that like a a a few different questions that you put together into into an assessment or it is yeah
1: so we created an index based on four statements that okay from the research so uh, those areas of security control confidence and clarity uh and it's a it's basically a simple equally weighted index based on how they respond to those questions and and it just it gives you a sense if somebody's really low if they're moderate or if they're high and 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 whatever wherever they are, the goal is to close the gap, and that's yes. that's where we, we see the, the difference, interesting. So.
0: And and then um, what what kinds of things might you ask of a non-financial uh, nature on a survey?
1: Well, I think a lot of that's coming into it, just more the kinds of communications that are going to resonate, or. or the kinds of content if, if an advisor is a content strategy. So, you know, what are the topics they wanna to know about? How do they wanna learn about those things? Uh, uh, are there other services perhaps? You know, I mean, that, that only relates to some advisors, but I know I'm sure we both know firms that have become really creative in trying to extend their offer. So assessing interest in, in those sorts of things. Um, I mean, that's where we see the non-financial coming in. Uh, and it's not to say that the advisor is suddenly going to become an expert in all of those things. It's really just trying to understand what's on their mind. And if they can facilitate or curate some great content or education, then all the better.
0: Yeah. Yep. Well, that makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. How I mean, you, you've been doing advisory boards for a long time, but I mean, are you finding similar changes or what do you see as the big differences?
0: Yeah, well, of course, I mean, the biggest difference, of course, is that we can't gather together in groups. Right. (laughs) So, um, you know, (laughs) we've got Delta calling us, Hey, where are all these facilitators you used to fly all (laughs) over the country all the time. Um, So, I mean that, you know, in the spring, um, you know, pretty much all of our, in-person advisory boards got canceled because we we physically could not get people together. Yeah. Um, so the so that's the biggest change, and we've been doing way more uh, virtual meetings. And um, and and uh, you know the nature of the questions is changing in a way that's similar to how you describe. You know that you would the way that you handle it on on surveys. Um, but also from our standpoint, you know, the, the other big thing is, uh, that's changing is how we put the logistics together. Cause there are differences between having a live meeting and a virtual meeting. And so we've, we've given our facilitators, you know, that we've worked through, um, how the differences in how you conduct a meeting virtually as opposed to in person. So for example, there are things like, um, you know, you can't have them as long.
1: Right. Um,
0: it, it's, uh, being on zoom is great. you, know, you and I are, Talking now, and it's nice yeah. to see you and, and yeah. works great but it's uh but it's a more draining experience than sitting down over a meal with a group of people and so we've got to get rid of the meal we've we've tried doing meals on zoom it's awkward doesn't work it, doesn't, it, doesn't <laughs> it work. does not work um uh but it's also you know trying to stay engaged when you're looking at the brady bunch in front of you you know with all the other people in the meeting you know it 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 get that gets to be really taxing so we've got to narrow it down we've got to be you know we've got to get to the the heart of it a little bit more quickly and you know when we do advisory boards we do uh we do a lot of it's not it's not just talk we we do specific kinds of exercises to help avoid some of the potential pitfalls of group dynamics. And so we've had to adapt those to an electronic environment, you know, so, so
1: can you give me an example of that?
0: Sure. So, um, uh, one of the things that we always ask in a first advisory board meeting is of all the things your advisor does for you, uh, what do you find most valuable? And that can be either a service they provide, or it can be how they do it, or, it, you know, w- Whatever you consider to be valuable, what would it be? Well, you know, in 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 typical meeting dynamics, there's a challenge that the the first and the loudest tend to direct the conversation, and we want to avoid that as best we can. So when we ask a question like that, um, you know, we do it with post-it notes. And so everybody, so we say, you know, here's the question we'd like you to answer. Put it on a post-it note. You can give us as many post-it notes as you want. You know, the the, the one rule is it can be one idea per post-it. And then we collect all those, and we put them up on the wall, and we organize them by theme. So if it's service related, it goes into one cluster of post-its. And if it's the, you know, the technical services they provide, it goes in a different cluster. And then we back away from, we take a look at it and we see what's got the most energy around it based on how many of the post-its are gathered into that, into that theme. So, um, you know, th- there are ways that we can, um, that we can do that uh, electronically. Uh, it's just different because you, you don't have the physical notes and you know, you, 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 if you want to maintain that same kind of dynamic, which is mm-hmm. to say you're not sharing it in front of everybody from the get go, uh, but you're collecting them and then you're showing them in a group, you, you know, it's got to be done a little different way. So there are a lot of that kinds of thi- a lot that kind of thing. And, and then, you know, developing relationships between the participants is a little yeah. different, too, um, because, you know, usually people get together and they mill around for a little bit before the meeting starts. And so they get. Right. To meet a couple other people and and so they you know an advisory board the the members of an advisory board develop relationships with each other and that's actually one of the really cool outcomes of advisory boards long term so we have to figure out a different way to do that if we do it in the virtual environment
1: and and are you asking similar types of questions or has that changed as well?
0: well some of that has changed too right just yeah. like with with the surveys you know we're, we're asking a lot more of kinds of things what's on your mind and as we've gone through these different, you know, as, as, as different things have popped up, what has your advisor done with you that has been most useful and what has been most reassuring and what kinds of things, you know, do you still worry about? And, you know, ask those kinds of questions to get, as you said, to get input on how do we customize our service moving forward as, as, as circumstances change, as opposed to the how are we doing kind of questions
1: right yeah it's it's i've always thought there are um i mean as we know that the surveys and advisory boards are very complementary often because Mm -hmm. one is individual and one is group and usually have very different objectives for for both of those things um i imagine so when we're doing surveys for example we're getting pretty deep and we're uncovering some personal information that's being used in a one-on-one conversation um but presumably in a group, you can only go so far. So are there particular topics that you think are really well suited for that group environment?
0: Um, What's really interesting about advisory boards is in how people pick up and respond to the suggestions of other board members. And we're frequently surprised uh, about how open people are willing to be. So a lot of these are, they, 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 they are, you know, really personal topics, but once you've got a group dynamic going, it's interesting about how much people will share. Mm-hmm. Um, and they won't get into the specifics, of course, of their own financials and whatnot. But mm-hmm. but 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 they're but, but people bring up, you know, like when we talk about estate planning, you know, one of the big questions is, um, how do you tell the next generation about your estate plan? And right. how do you prepare them for that? And how do you transmit your values? And, you know, people suggest different things. Some people, you know, say we want to talk about, what we're concerned about and how how we think they should handle it, but we shouldn't have any numbers in there. We don't really want to know. We don't want our kids to know how much we have. And then there are other people that said, no, it's all on the table. We put the statements right out there and show them all. Mm-hmm. And it gets it gets you know real. Um, it gets to be some really interesting conversations. And it's and it's and and it's you know it's uh, it's it's okay. We we make sure that it's okay in the group to say that you know you you all can differ on your on how you approach this. You know. It, we're not here to tell you, you know, how you should do it. We're just interested in hearing, you know, what you're most concerned about if we get into that kind of an area. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm consistently, I, I mean, I'm not surprised anymore because I've been doing it long enough, but um, it's, it's really interesting what people are willing to share in a group. Um, you know, once especially once they, if it's not your first meeting, but you know, that you have developed relationships with other people on the board and,
1: Right, I guess that is. I mean, I guess the fundamental difference being that when you're surveying, it is one-on-one, so you're able right. to personalize the conversation and the response. In a group, you're getting a sense of what people need, but it's always limited to that group, right? I I, right. I always love group conversations for, and I think we you've done this in a couple where they might have gathered feedback before, and then the group is about. Sort of teasing out the color, yeah. and, and, <clears throat> yeah. and you're able to have that more iterative kind of conversation.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, the way the way you and I work together, I I think that an advisory firm should do a survey, and then we should have an advisory board to dig into any answers right. that you consider to be surprising. Yeah. If 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 you get if you get you know some yeah. results from a survey that are right in line with what you expect, okay, you we've confirmed it. But then you know if you get things that that you know sort of make you tilt your head and say well that's interesting that's the stuff we should really start by digging into
1: yeah yeah for sure it's an interesting time though we've got a we're walking this line between you know like you said acknowledging this crisis but also acknowledging that people are getting tired of talking about the crisis that's right yeah <laughs> and, right uh, it's it's a it's a it's a funny time and i you know I don't know what else to say except that we have to continually just keep our finger on the pulse of what feels appropriate there's there's a lot of gut involved right now to say does it does it feel right this message is it okay to ask this question what's important um, more so than I think it's ever been in the past yeah right, yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's you know if if an advisor did not do this consistently and I don't mean all the time I just mean yeah. consistently like you know once a year or, um, you know, I, I think, I think it's more important than ever to be, to be consistently out there asking stuff, especially because, you know, when things get tumultuous and when, you know, when people, when people's confidence begins to wane, you know, the advisors are, are, are really talking about that client, talking to a client about their financial situation. And, and there's, there's often not room in that individual conversation to back away from it and say, now, Give us the bigger picture. You know, what, what, mm-hmm. what else is on your mind and what kinds of things are, are, are keeping you up at night? Um, and that's why it's so important to do this consistently so that, you know, we, we stay in touch with that because it is changing all the time.
1: Yeah. One of the, the other things that I've noticed, um, and again, I, do, I don't know it was created by this environment. It was just highlighted. Was not only that clients' needs were changing, but advisors were as well. Like, I mean, so many of our clients, like yours, are in this situation where they're stretched. I mean, they're dealing. They didn't get a pass on the pandemic, guys. That's right. right? <laughs> they, they're still homeschooling <clears throat> and figuring out how to order food online and, and work at home as well as reassure clients. I mean, it's it's such uh, such an incredible incredible period of time and a stressful period of time. And and we noticed that one of the big concerns is just like i don't even have time to respond to some of the feedback so we even went so far as to create different resources and say all right if you know if your clients tell you they're interested in staying healthy at home here's some emails you can send with some great articles on staying healthy at home because people just didn't have the bandwidth yeah, to figure right, sure. this out anymore yeah, and, yeah. I don't know, maybe it's always been the case, but it really drove it home for us over the last few months.
0: Yeah, I I think that's true. I I think that things have been busier over the past few months and it's harder than it would have been before to do some of that customization.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I guess, you know, it's, nothing has changed and everything has changed (laughs) somehow over the last little while. You know, I don't think anyone can pretend that input and feedback uh, haven't changed and that we need to be aware of, of that, but, uh, it's, it's hard, to, it's hard for me to point to a period in time where it's not important to stay more connected with our clients. And, and so, yeah. you know, maybe we need to get past some of that fear as well and just say, this is for them. It's not yeah. for us. Well, I, and
0: I think, you know, when I think back, you know, Um, the last time I can remember something like this happening, meaning you need to keep in touch a lot closer with your clients is 2008. And but that was just a bear market. And yes, it was a brutal bear market. And it was bad. And we're constantly on the phone with clients about, you know, here's how you're here's how your portfolio is doing and let's update your plan. Cause you can see you're still on track or you're a little off track or whatever. But yeah. now, I mean, people are scared to go outside, you know, and yeah. people are scared for their kids, you know, and, and, you know, it's, it now it's not just financial. And so it gets to be a lot more complex. It gets to be a lot, a lot richer and deeper and more difficult to navigate unless you're consistently asking what's on people's minds and what kinds of things can you help with? I, you know, so it's, it's a, uh, Um, you know, to go back to that tired old word, you know, we've, we've, we've had times in the past when we've had to keep in closer touch with clients, Mm -hmm. but this time is unprecedented because it's, it's so much more, it's not just a down market, not just a down economy. There's a lot more going on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I know we're both sort of working on different things right now to help advisors, um, uh, I know we're going to put some new tools and links in the show notes for just to, to help people think about what they should be doing, what they should be asking, where there might be gaps. Uh, is that the same for you?
0: Yeah. So we'll we'll add uh, to the show notes. We have a uh, something that advisors can download. That's really just some principles, and if you're going to do a group meeting virtually, mm. some some ways that you can you know some of the some of the things that that you need to, to adapt to make that effective and make it work well.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Well it's been great talking as always. Let's Always nice uh, to talk do with this you Julie. Again. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Thanks. Hi, it's Julie again. It was great to have you with us on Becoming Referrable. If you like what you've been hearing, please do us a favor and rate us on iTunes. It really does help. You can get all the links, show notes and other tidbits from these episodes at becomingreferrable.com. You can also get our free report 3 referral myths that limit your growth and connect with our blogs and other resources. Thanks so much for joining us.